want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all. Said I want the world. This ain't no regular Taz show. It's the Friday Throwback Snack. <laughs> Friday Throwback Snacks? Mm-hmm. Every Friday, Taz takes an inside look at a classic match. <laughs> this is how you kick off a weekend. Oh, yeah. Ha ha. and punks alike. Uh, what's going on there? This is Taz. Welcome to the Taz Show. We'll throw back Snack Jones, as we know. We're going to go down there. Jersey. Place I love in that Asbury Park. Talk a little EC dub in this son, bitch. Original EC dub. Living dangerously from 1999. Two of the greatest of all time, RVD and Jerry Lynn. They tore it down, kids. They tore it down. The only problem with me is I didn't get a chance to watch it because I was on the card also. So, <laughs> But I do know they tore it down. I am still under the weather here, so bear with me. Uh, no cough button, Jones. So if I happen to upchuck and cough, <laughs> just bear with it. So that's what I can tell you right now. Let me take care of some business first uh, before we get rocking and rolling and uh, do that in a three, two, one, and uh, go. Yeah, support for the Taz Show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. The mortgage company has decided to ask you why. Why can't the mortgage experience be better for everyone? Why can't technology help all of us move into the home of our dreams faster and much easier? Why can't this happen? Why do mortgages even require paperwork? Well, Quicken Loans answers all of these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details to be confident in what you're getting in regards to getting the right mortgage for you and your family. Whether you're looking for your buy your first home or your 10th home or refinancing your existing mortgage with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence you need to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage... By Quicken Loans, apply simply, understand fully, and mortgage confidently. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. That's rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. All right, guys, so what's going on? Look, I appreciate you guys uh, downloading this uh, episode of the TAZ show, your your throwback snack on iTunes or uh, TuneIn, Spotify, Maybe the radio.com apps. Appreciate it very much. So, uh, yeah, like I said, man, we're going to delve into this thing here uh, on the WWE Network. Like I said in the past, I don't remember how I worded it, but sometimes I try to, you know, pick a match that I could sink my teeth in that was that's on YouTube's to make it easier for you guys. Some of you guys might not subscribe to the WWE Network. So, um, you know, I figured that might be easier, but... This match here, when I first came up with this um, throwback snack concept, the match with Van Dam and Jerry uh, is a match that I knew I was going to do for a throwback snack. I just didn't know when I was going to do it. So I uh, figured, hey, what the heck? Let's get into it. And th- as far as the throwback snacks, I haven't done a uh, an ECW one yet. So I figured maybe you guys might dig that. And like I told you in the past, I'm not going to do a match that I was in. You know, like that's just a little... Uh, self-serving so uh that i won't do but i will tell you at the very beginning of this show in the cold open of this legend living dangerously pay-per-view from uh lovely asbury park new jersey uh it starts off with stephen prazak interviewing yours truly me 
because uh, I was going to wrestle. I wrestled Sabu on the show in a um, where the ECW World Heavyweight Title and the FTW Title were both on the lines. So uh, anyway, so uh, but th- this is not about Sabu and I. But uh, even though I will tell you, if you feel like watching that match, you can watch that when I'm when you're done doing the snack business with me. Because this is about Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. So uh, look, it's pretty well documented how talented both these guys are for so many years and the success they've had everywhere they've wrestled. Basically, um, that's that's a no brainer. Um, I first met Jerry. Well, actually, I'll tell you where I met first these guys. Both these guys, I should say. I first met Jerry. Oh, man. It was probably in Minneapolis many moons ago. This was probably 1990, maybe 89, maybe 90. I can't remember. There was a show with myself, just random names I'll throw at you. I, I mentioned this show before. It was just an indie show in Minneapolis. Me, uh, the late, great uh, Chris Candido, Sabu, that's where I first met him. Um, X-Pac was on there, uh, who helped gather some of these guys, I believe, back then. Jeez, um, there were so many guys on this card. I mean, it was uh, it was loaded, and um, it was a lot of fun working on that. There were other guys, I mean, other guys, but the one guy, too, I, I met there was actually Brad Rangus. Brad Rangus, um Great wrestler, uh, you know. People from back in the day remember him from like AWA, but he helped book a lot of talent in Japan for for New Japan, American talent. So, uh, and I actually wrestled Brad on that thing. But um, anyway, uh, so I met Jerry there, and, and then over the next I don't know year and a half or so, bumped into him here and there. Jerry Lynn, um, if you don't notice about Jerry, he's a one of the nicest people you ever met in your entire life. Like, I, just like too nice, like. <laughs> You know, like, uh, I don't know anyone who could say anything negative about Jerry. He's just a super guy. And I haven't seen or talked to him in years. And if I saw him, it'd be like, it would be like we just, just saw each other in the locker room at, at uh, Living Dangerously in 1999. I mean, that's how it'd be. Like, he, he's a genuinely awesome guy and um, super talented. Just super talented. For those that don't know about him, Excuse me, he's also a big metalhead. Metalhead Jones, yeah. Big metalhead guy. You wouldn't think so when you talk to him. Because he's actually a very soft-spoken fellow, you know. But Lordy B, he can go in that ring. I promise you that. That man can go. And um, legit, legit worker. uh, One of the best ever. And obviously his opponent was Rob Van Dam, the whole fucking show. And... um, you know, Rob, I first met Rob in Atlanta, and I was getting a tryout match for when the NWA just kind of churned over into the WCW. This is before Nitro and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was 92-ish. I don't know what year it was. It's 91, something, I, I don't know, something like that. And Rob was getting a good amount of work. For um for WC he was young and he was getting a little amount of, amount of work for WC Dub, uh way back when and they were doing it in the uh, Center Sage Studio TV studio there in Atlanta, so Bill Watts was the booker and then he brought me in for a tryout and I think I wrestled Joey Mags and then I I don't know I got a little crazy I got a little stiff in there and it just well, it was all good no heat but I, that didn't help me. Um, <laughs> 
And who would have thunk it a week later, uh, Bill Watts was out as Booker. Uh, that means Taz had no shot at uh, WCW at that point. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, um, that's where I met Rob. And I remember, I'll never forget this. I, I, I never talked to Rob about this, but next time I talk to him, I have to bring it up because he'll probably laugh. He'll probably remember it. Even though he spends a lot of time at 420, that could affect your memory. But that guy actually has a very good memory for his old 420 business. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Hi, Jones. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> no, no. So, I walk into this locker room in this, at this TV studio in Atlanta. Uh, again, that might, I think I said this recently. I don't know if it was Techwood Drive or if it was Center Stage. I can't remember now which one it was. But regardless, I remember um, this room where the boys were the locker room, and it was not even a locker room. I don't know if it was like an office or like a cafe, a small cafeteria for people who worked at the TV studio. I don't know what it was. All as I know, there was not a lot of room in that place, and there was a lot of big dudes. And uh, and I remember seeing Rob, and he looked as young as me So because I, mean, I was a young guy back then. So I, all these other guys looked like grizzled, badass son of a bitches. So I was like, ah. You know, and then I and then I introduced myself to Rob, and he introduced himself back to me, and we hit it off, you know. But and he kind of told him, gave me some, just a little bit of a, because he had worked for them several times. You know, I was uh, I was brand new, you know, but I wasn't signed yet. I was uh, there for a tryout, so he kind of gave me the ins and outs of hey, you know, do this and that, and you know, he he helped me. You know, he helped me uh, in, a, in a ten minute conversation. I didn't even know the guy, and he helped me. So, so that's how where I met first, where I first met both. Rob and um, <laughs> excuse me, Jerry Lynn. So, so it was obviously years before ECW, several years. Um, so, you know, back then, just like the indies now, I guess a lot of younger guys and girls, you know, they they all know each other. You know, you run into each other at different towns or different countries and different airports and rent a cars. And now with social media, Lord knows these these guys and girls probably all know each other before they even meet each other. So, um. Back then, it wasn't like that. You know, you just either had to have somebody's phone number or just run into them on the road, you know, so or, or work in a, a, you know, a locker room with them, I mean, a building with them. Um, but, you know, I knew early on, just like I said, before ECW, that individually both Rob and Jerry were going to be tremendous stars in the business. I knew it. I knew X-Pac was going to be. I knew Candido was going to be. Like, you could tell. Sabu, I definitely knew he was going to be. I didn't know about me. I was a little unsure about me, to be honest. And um, uh, but uh, you know, I was doing a crazy Tasmaniac gimmick. It wasn't the human suplex machine, so it was a whole different thing. Then nah, I didn't know. I'm Joe. Here I was, you know, half the height of most of these guys, and I'm like, ah, I'm not going to succeed. This is going to be tough. But then I would look at guys like Jerry Lynn, who wasn't uh, him, and I are probably roughly around the same height, and. But I and but I couldn't work like Jerry. I mean, Jerry was just amazing, you know. Uh, Rob was uh, bigger than me, but Rob, uh, for a guy his size, you know, <laughs> the guy just did amazing stuff in the ring. So like I'm like, well, and Sabu and I were probably similar in height. He was maybe a little bit taller, I mean, a teeny bit. But I was thicker than bigger and thicker than Sabu. But Sabu, you know, he was just so unique that he had that it factor. As soon as you looked at him, my God, this guy's going to be a star, dude. I don't know where or when, but Lord knows he's going to be. That's how I was when I first saw him in Minneapolis. But 
who would have thunk it that my first match in ECW and his first match in ECW would have been against each other in 1993, which is funny. But uh, again, we're not talking about that. So uh, sorry, when I talk about ECW, I can't help but go back to stuff that I was involved with without going through it. So just telling you little tidbits and little funny little anecdotes, as they call it. Um, so uh, Jerry Lynn um, and uh, Rob Van Dam had like a really good rivalry. They, they, they you know, Right away, you knew their chemistry. These guys are pros, and you knew their chemistry just gelled. Heyman was just very smart to put them together. I wish I could tell you who was responsible for putting these guys and pairing them up. I don't know the answer to that. I, I, so I, I can't sit here and lie to you. Um, y- you know, you might think, well, wait a minute. You were, you know, you were there. Um, how do you not? Uh, I, well, the thing is, I was worried about my own stuff. I didn't care. Like, I didn't care about anybody else's stuff that I, when I say I didn't care, I don't mean it like, you know, being mean. I just, it didn't, you know, I was worried about my own business, you know? So that's why at times it's, you know, I, if, even though I was writing smack dab in the middle of ECW, I don't, you know, and it's not a disrespectful thing like I was saying. I just didn't, I was so focused on my own angles and stuff, and my own character and the Taz look and everything and my physique and that, my nutrition, my training. I was just zoned in. And when I was on the road, I just, all I cared about was the House of Hardcore, the, the original House of Hardcore, the uh, wrestling school, the dojo. So that's that was my focus uh, back then. But um, I have this thing paused right now on the uh, right before Jerry Lynn comes out. And I'm looking, uh, this, again, this is Living Dangerously, uh, March 21st, 1999, on the WWE Network. So... I have this thing paused, and I'm looking at this, um, the entranceway with the brick wall and the black curtain and the barbed wire fence and the siren lights and the ECW logo with the barbed wire and the two banners on each side of the entranceway uh, that's with purple, green, and black and say uh, ECW Living Dangerously. And it's just, it's so weird for me, like years later watching that, I you know, I designed those banners, you know, like I remember sitting there putting that font together with the ECW logo and thinking, what color cord, what colors should I use here? Because so, I tried to always pick different colors for each um, pay-per-view. So, uh, you know, so uh, <laughs> so looking at those banners, it's like weird, you know? So it's cool, though. It's cool to see uh, on the WWE Network. I'm glad they can make a bunch of money off this. That's great. So anyway, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go to break. Um, other side of break. Um, now, you know what? Yeah, I guess I got to go to break. All right, no, I got to go to break. Outside of break, I'll come back, and I will get rocking and rolling uh, with Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn, ECW, Living Dangerously, 1999. This is going to be epic, kids. I haven't watched this match in years. I'm going to give my perspective on this, son of a gun, when we come back. This is the Taz Show, Throwback Snack, Special Jones. Sit tight. All right, all right, we're back here. Back here on the Taz Show doing a throwback snack. Classic match, ECW Living Dangerously, 1999. Van Dam, Jerry Lynn, epic stuff. Going to get into this here in a second. So uh, I want to thank everybody like I did at the top for downloading the show, checking it out. Appreciate the love. Subscribe. Don't be a douche. So, um, and away we go. 
Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Jerry Lynn just came out through that fancy Dan entrance, as I said, and now I'm, I'm, I'm watching as Jerry comes out. He's in great shape, no shocker there. But this building here was just a legendary building, the Asbury Park Convention Center, and um, I loved working there. One of my fa- more favorite buildings to work at, and uh, Jerry, big baby face Jones, people love him. He's going around and around and around, shaking everybody's hand. But anyway, uh, that building was great. I love that building. For those that uh, know or don't know, that's the building where Bam Bam and I went through the ring. So uh, the, that classic deal there. But uh, Jerry Lynn, big Pop Jones, and uh, tough, man. Tough, tough, tough. When you got to be on a card and your match is anywhere near Jerry Lynn and Van Dam, individually and nevertheless against each other. So, yeah, um, it was tough to follow. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, so yeah, you see Jerry's posing for some of the photographers like Blackjack Brown and Bill Apter around ringside, some of the classic photographers that covered the business. You don't see that no more because everybody's so busy you know, watching uh, WWE. So the photographers and the talent doesn't react to it. Like Nothing's personal no more. It's just all so uh, just canned. Ring announcer Bob Ortiz, one of the nicest guys ever. Okay, I think I held him hostage in the ring once. And John Finnegan's the ref. Big John, giant man for a ref, but one of the friggin' nicest guys you're ever going to meet in your life. Great referee, loved him. Him and Jim Monolo, both those cats, great, great refs. Uh, great refs, love those guys. I love John. I mean, I did. I love I love when we ref my matches and stuff. And um, So now it looks like uh, Van Dam is getting ready to come out. So I have the audio down, off, I should say. So um, he's got Fonzie with him. He's got the, the one half of the tag team titles, and looks like the other belt on him is, I'm trying to remember this now, TV title, TV title Jones. Yeah, he had the TV title like forever. You know, the, the cool thing with Rob, which he did so well uh, when he came out, and man, it, the amount of signs for him and people popping for him is crazy. Over just huge. Um, Rob had such great poise. Everybody talks about, his ability as a worker and his martial arts background, his flexibility, his strength and power, and that's all true. He's got all of that. But he had such poise, which gave him that it factor when any time in any building he ever worked in. You know, that was awkward. Some guy went to high five and Rob didn't see it. It was kind of like the guy's like, okay, I'll give my arm back. Baldhead Jones. It's pretty funny. Um, but anyway, so Rob's doing the whole whole effing show thing outside the ring and you know, people love both these guys, and that's how it was, man, back then. You know, ECW fans, yeah, if you were heel, yeah, you were heels, and there was baby faces. Yep, yep, true, true, true. But it got to a point where if you were over, you were just over. They just liked you. It didn't matter if you were supposed to be a good guy or a bad guy. It really didn't mean shit. So Fonzie is what Rob, and they were a great, uh, just like Fonzie's done so much for my career, He Fonzie has done so much for Bill Alfonso, this is, for um for Rob and for Sabu, so um, I I thought Sab uh, Fonzie and I had some great chemistry, and we played off each other well. But I definitely thought that Fonzie with Sabu and Van Dam was just better. They they just they had more in common with each other. They were they were friends, legitimate friends. The three of them outside of the ring a lot more than Fonzie and I were. Fonzie and I were not really friends. Not, not heat, not heated. We respected each other. But we never drove together. We never hung out with each other. It was just business. Just this, you know. Um, you know, I was kind of like that back then, a little bit of a standoff douche, you know. So I was kind of to myself, Lona Jones, you know. So, uh, but yeah, Fonzie, man, just um, you know, underrated because 
He knew how to get heat for his guys. Uh, he was nonstop motion in the ring at all times. Um, as a manager, you know, he just blowing the whistle, working his ass off. He was just in the zone always and just, just nonstop moving. He was unpredictable. You never knew what he was going to do, where he was going to go. I didn't know. I had no clue uh, when he managed me, none whatsoever. So you never, you know, with Fonzie, you just never know what you're going to get. That's just how he was. But, you know, with Van Dam and uh, and Jerry Lynn, you knew what you're going to get. You're going to get two guys in their prime, and that were tremendous. And uh, people loved because uh, they respected their work rate. Two guys that embodied uh, things that ECW a lot of people don't think of it with ECW, and that's true work rate in the ring, crisp bumping, awesome offense, great selling. When you think of ECW, I think a lot of people think of the blood and the guts and the barbed wire, scaffold matches and all this stuff, tables. It was so much more to ECW than that. I mean, it was a hybrid of so many different styles, from Japanese strong style to lucha, to uh, at times have a, just American American straw style, just just obviously weapons and uh, blood and guts. I mean everything you can imagine. ECW is a potpourri, potpourri of everything. Um, but these two men right here, Van Dam and Sabo, they didn't lock up yet. Um, they are uh, they embody that work rate. Two guys that can just flat out work, and they just go into a basic. Uh, Jerry goes into an arm ringer and then Rob an ankle pick into a side headlock. So. This is just smart. They just start. Again, I don't remember if I even remember. Last time I saw this match, I don't remember. But what they're doing is they're just setting the pace. They're going into some chain wrestling, and now they did a little standoff. But they start off slow because they both know that they're going to turn this son of a bitch up. They know they are going to just go full throttle. So they're not going to rush. They're going to take their time, and they're going to set the tone, and they know that they have the audience in Asbury Park right in the palm of their hands. Uh, just basic side headlock by Van Dam, And, you know, um, again, just shoulder tackles, which are basic moves, but Rob brings the brings his shoulder, brings his body into it. Some Sometimes wrestlers that do great high spots like Rob and Jerry, a lot of times they don't do basic spots crisply, stiffly. These two guys do. I can tell you that from experience. They both do. So, uh and they're just turning it up. Again, another standoff. Great front flip there uh, by Rob. And now both guys and uh, squared off. And then uh, Fonzie gets on that, you know, facing the hard camera. My man Fonzie always knew where the hard camera was. Got in the apron. And now Rob's just going to some jumping jacks. That's stuff I didn't do during a match because I wouldn't want to blow up and be tired. <laughs> but I wasn't in the shape Rob was in. <coughs> so, again, they're taking their time here. Um... They're just not rushing into it. I mean, like I said, both guys in their prime. Both guys look great. Um, and then, they're, again, they're, this is stuff that they just, this is not stuff they work out backstage. It's a side headlock by Jerry now, just trading holds, and a drop down, and then a leapfrog by Rob, and then let's see what Jerry's going to do something. No, it was only leapfrog, but he got caught. So, you know, it's, again, this is just, they're just, they're slowly starting to pick the pace up. But now Rob just got drilled with a tight clothesline by Jerry and Rob was smart, got out the ring. He is the heel, Rob, even though people love him. He's got Fonzie there, and they were heels at that time. So, um, but he gets out the ring. Rob does takes his time. And uh, it, I got to tell you, it was, I, I, at some times in Rob's career, he had heat. 
with the people, but it was hard for him because his stuff was so cool and so good that people just loved him. They loved him, you know. It was like I talked about Randy Savage a long time ago, a while back on a throwback snack, uh, how Randy Savage was in WWF back in the day. He was a heel, but people loved him, you know, so it was hard for him like to be like a heel all the time, like, you know, like a heel that was hated because he really was not hated. Uh, and these guys are just, again, taking their time. Um, I think my match was after this. Or before, I don't know if it was before. I don't even remember. Um, went back to that side headlock, and then Rob went for something, gets caught with a leg drop, and then Jerry Lynn with a crisp drop kick as Rob was down, and then clotheslines Rob over the top. Rob bumps outside again and just takes a sick bump into the guardrail. Now Jerry's going to fly off the apron here with something. Probably a front flip or something, or, yep, front flip. Hilo Jones, yeah. So, Rob caught him the way he's supposed to catch people. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I've talked about this before. I feel like some of the cats today, they don't catch each other the right way. I was a guy who caught guys because I didn't, I wasn't talented enough to do the flips. So, I knew my job was to catch them. And, And Rob just did a great job of that. And Rob does his own flips, obviously, but. So, uh, you know, Rob's selling on the outside and, and, uh, and oh, man, the speed of the dropkick. Rob, Rob was trying to get back in the ring, and Jerry just comes out of nowhere with a baseball slide dropkick. And Rob is trying to pull the guardrails in tighter. He's going to do like a moonsault off the apron or something, off the springboard off the second rope. Good Lord. I didn't realize Rob was on the outside there and just, Dude, I don't know how many minutes we're into this match. Seven minutes, eight minutes, and Rob, well, Jerry already did like this six springboard, springboard moonsault into the audience, and Rob caught him. Um, people chanting EC Dub, the whole thing, just right over the strictly ECW.com sign. <laughs> you know, dot coms and stuff like that, websites that was very rare. Like, it was like if you had a, a dot com website, you were cool. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, that was like a side guy that wasn't affiliated with ECW. He kind of was, he wasn't. I didn't get in the middle of it. I have no idea. I knew he was a pretty nice guy. That's all I knew. Um, so Rob stopped Jerry as Jerry got in the ring, and now both guys in the ring, and Rob has control. Van Dam has control. <clears throat> it's a nice couple of forearm shivers by Van Dam, and now Rob's going to do his own springboard here off the top rope, but uh, Jerry catches him, and Rob takes a big bump to the outside. Beautiful spot they did there. And Rob landed on the guardrail off the top rope. Sick balance by Rob. Just flawless. He just makes it look easy what he just did there. Just insane. Like, just insane. I'd work with this guy who would do that. And I, at the time, I took it for granted. Like, that's just the way Rob works. So Sabu would do stuff like that, too. And, like, now as I'm older and I watch, it's like, these guys were just so freaking good. I was so lucky to work with these guys. Uh now, Rob hit a, he had Jerry hung over. It was a Rob famous spot where he would drape the guy with a guardrail. And then Jerry caught a leg drop to the back of the head uh, by Rob. And both guys are down selling. And Rob's trying to make his way back in. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're tearing it down already. They're not playing games. Big spots. I mean, I, I don't have the sound on because I love Joey, but I don't feel like hearing Joey scream. Um, Springboard right off the guardrail with a cross body block and the place is going nuts by Rob onto Jerry. And notice the fans were so cool when we work in certain buildings. 
They were smart. They avoided the guys. They let us work. I did so many FTW rules matches in the crowd. And 99.9% of the time, all of the fans were just respectful, stayed out of your way, weren't acting like assholes, usually. Except for one guy in Jim Thorpe who tried to pull my towel off my head. That didn't go well. Um, But when when you'd fight in the audience, uh, you know, usually they would just all stay out of the way. Even up in Boston at the Greyhound Park, the dog park. Even up there, the Boston people, Patriot fans, but I digress. So Jerry's selling his knee on the outside. Rob comes right out after him. And Rob uh, is, is drilled Jerry in the face and now threw Jerry back in the ring. Well, kind of in the ring. Jerry's on the apron. Oh, man. Sabu. I'm sorry. Uh, Van Dam pulled the guardrail in, got his back to the ring, and a leg drop. Beautiful spot. Onto Jerry Lynn. Man, these guys just had a great match. Unbelievable. Let's put the sound off for a second. Well, he is the whole effing show, Joey. Jabroni, my friend. Yeah, so Rob goes for cover, complete all his body weight across his opponent, and zones back in the lower back with a drop kick Rob does to Jerry. So if you notice Joey, the way Joey's calling this, that's why I want to turn the volume on. Joey was great because... He never overdid his commentary. So when he screamed, oh my God, at the top of his lungs. He really did play-by-play. He was calling the spots out. And he doesn't lead the audience. He's, and his cadence was perfect. And he worked alone most of his career. I hated this move, the submission, the surfboard gimmick, where Tabletop Jones... Where the guy would lay on his back and put you in midair. And Justin, Justin Dunn, the Liger, tried to do that to me in Japan. It didn't go well. I sucked at taking that submission. It looked horrible. But these guys here, Van Dam and Jerry, it looks awesome. The quad hamstring glute power of uh, Van Dam is unparalleled. I mean, what a six spot onto the chair. That was cool. What a sick spot. That was awesome. I'm a little upset Rob never asked me to do that spot with him. It's because of that surfboard. <laughs> he knew I wouldn't be able to take that that well. <laughs> Five eight two fifty don't do surfboards well, brother. You know what I'm saying? The pacing, I love it. This is that ECW pace back then, man. We mastered that. Um, so many of us had that pacing where we didn't. We didn't have to do spot after spot after spot, and we didn't have to work a hundred miles an hour. Um, and that was uh, a lot of us that were on the upper end of the card were, were pretty good at, I have to say. And these two guys are doing the same thing. It's not an insane pace; it's a smart pace. Oh, nice power bomb! Sunset Jones on the chair by uh, Jerry Lynn out to Van Dam. Great job by Joey right there. Just you know, he sees his downtime. Both guys are selling. He puts over the sense of urgency of what we almost just witnessed that. We almost just witnessed Jerry become the the, TV champ. So Again, Joey working alone and does a great job. Um, No matter who his partners was, I always thought Joey was better alone. I just uh, just think that was his thing. He's going for a powerbomb or a pile driver on a steel chair, but Rob reversed it. 
Great bridge by uh, Jerry Lynn. Front face lock, and now I gotta lower this because Joey Styles is stealing my spots. A little Northern Lights suplex, maybe by Van Dam, but no, no. Yeah, inverted DDT by uh, Jerry. Great little counter spot right there. And both guys busting their ass in this match. I mean, working real hard. Um, again, I think what people, now that I watch this match back, and I haven't seen it in a long time, <clears throat> it's what, what most fans don't realize when they watch it is the pacing. Now, some fans like some of the newer guys on the independent scene that can really work like a guy like, I don't know, top man, Ricochet. You know, like this guy can work 100 miles an hour, you know. Uh, and that's cool for the, this generation. A lot of the, the cats work that pace. Uh, but back back in EC Dub, we kind of mastered the pace where it was quick, but it wasn't over the top fast like some people thought. Great false finishes with the chair spot with Jerry Lynn. Rob was great at telling a story with a chair. A lot of these spots he would come up with. Jerry, very innovative. Just in general. Jerry, very, very smart in the ring. Uh, you know, just both these guys, just great minds, but no egos. You know, they, that's what, you know, they're both so talented, but yet they both would check their egos and just got each other over. Now, Rob's laid out flat in the middle of the ring, and Jerry's going up to the second or top rope with a chair, and Fonzie's grabbing Jerry's boot. Just let you guys know where we're at. Both guys now dangerous here on the second rope, steel chair, and a couple of jabs. Ooh. Damn, Jerry's just nailing Rob with those chairs. Oh, that was sick. I don't even know what the hell. I don't even describe what Rob just did. It's friggin' nuts. So he springboarded. He was on a second rope, and he jumped to just do a drop kick in midair. I didn't have to describe You guys watched it. I mean, I didn't have to say it. And Jerry took the chair to the face and fell off the top turnbuckle. It was insane. That was unbelievable. See, these are the spots, like this style. Let's say like Rob, even though he had, like, great success in WWE, but he, you know, he really couldn't. A lot of us couldn't do what we were supposed to do in WWE. We weren't allowed, you know. You were handcuffed. But now you can relive it on the WWE Network. Isn't that nice? With your boy in a throwback snack over here. Yeah, you got to bust a chair on the outside. I'm uh, not chair, a table. I guess Jerry fell through that. I don't know what happened. Maybe I missed something. I wasn't paying attention what happened there. Both guys selling so well this late in the match, which is smart, simple strategy to get or get people behind it. That helps build the wondering who's going to win if you're a fan in attendance, you know, if you're watching at home, you know, so... Uh, simple but smart strategy. <laughs> Fonzie, just that voice, brought back memories. Come on, Daddy. Rob went for cover. Simple cover. Jerry kicks out. There's a guy in the front row with a shirt that said "idiot." Welcome to ECW. Uh, those big banners. Now uh, you can't see them. Not the ones that I talked about by the entranceway, the ones over the ring. They were like a lot of money. And I remember Paul was like, God, those are a lot of money. Like, yeah, you got to get them. You want to look. It's pay-per-view. You got to look good. Springboard moonsault. Steel chair. Jerry counters it. 
even that ring, I had to get that ring painted, the logo in the middle. Uh, I, I didn't do it myself, but I had someone do it for us. I can't remember who. And uh, we did that a lot of times. And phew, it was slippery sometimes. Nice reversal spot. And then Rob catches Jerry with the chair. Pretty cool spot right there. So you could see why this match is a classic because it was a lot of back and forth. Uh, and they went spot for spot, spot for spot. It was cool. Cool and great athleticism. Covering that counter by Rob. Oh, flip through. So, um, just these guys did this so well. All these near falls and counter, 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 roll, roll, roll. You know, this was before a lot of guys were doing that. Now you see, oh, what a German suplex by Jerry Lynn. Beautifully done on the bridge. John Finnegan working his ass off as that ref. Good stuff. That was a nice German, though, by uh, by Jerry. Again, guys, sorry for my voice and drinking water and while I'm working here and doing this. It just, I'm just really, you can tell I'm just really under the weather. So <clears throat> I'm just shot the past few days. So just got like a head cold, chest cold, everything. See, even look, the simple little boot to the belly by Jerry into Van Dam this late in the match, how crisp it was. A simple stomp to the gut, and it was crisp. That's true cardio. Troop being a pro. Well, now Rob's on the apron outside the ring. Jerry was climbing, but Rob shut him down. Oh, I smell a DDT. Uh-oh. Yep. Oh, shit. The table didn't break. <laughs> oh, my God. <coughs> oh, that sucks. Oh, that really sucks. I didn't know that happened. How the freak did that happen? Lordy B. Yeah, Jerry hooked the DDT from the top turn side of the buckle. Great spot. They hit the table, but not flush, and the table never broke. Damn, that sucks. <laughs> well, it's kind of broke, but it didn't shatter the table. Well, that's not a big deal when that happens. I mean, you just... You know, it would have got a better pop, obviously. That's that the guys are probably upset about. But you move on. You can't do nothing about it. When that happens, you just move on. You know, it's furniture. You can't, you know, it's unpredictable. It's unpredictable. So you can see both guys really exerting a plethora of energy in this match. Um, got a good sweat going, both of them. Looks like Jerry's going for some kind of a vertical suplex, but Rob counters it. And now Jerry counters it, so probably going to be a standing switch. Nope, Northern Lights looks like or something like that. No, maybe not. Oh, little heel kick Jones by Van Dam. He's crazy. And then a clothesline, short clothesline by Rob. Cool spot. It's called a double down. When both guys are down, well, Rob sprung up pretty quick, but he was selling and he just went for a high spot. Very explosive, but a double down. Both guys are down, and referees counting. Back in the day, that's how you would get the people behind it, behind you, the both guys. You know, they were start clapping it up. You don't see that much today. You do see it a little bit, but you know, I think it would still work. I'm not sure if you guys get it, Joey, but I have the audio from the match kind of low. 
Now here comes Rob, full speed, rolling thunder. He does that front flip. I don't know, take the center. I've taken that freaking thing a whole bunch of times. He would do rolling thunder, I think it was when him and Sabu did a double move or maneuver, but yeah, you know, a lot of these spots I've taken from Rob, you know, um, loved working with him. Again, a stop to the head by Rob now onto Jerry, and it was just crisp. You know what I mean? It's like that's the mark of an awesome worker when it's late in a match and you still have the cardio and the wherewithal to bring the intensity on a punch or a kick or a stop. That's 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 very important. Looks like for DDT off the ropes here, Rob counted it, maybe for Northern Lights, but beautiful DDT by uh, Jerry Lynn, and Rob takes that exclamation point DDT. I don't know how the hell he used to do that, but he did that for a lot of guys. Another great false finish. Jerry uh, not able to get the win there. So and people are just sitting there, man, just enjoying this, just soaking this shit in. It's just great. What the hell happened? Who rang the bell? Who did a fuck job finish on this gimmick? I didn't know that. <laughs> Doing a five more minute deal? Five more minutes. What's going on here? Time limit draw? Broadway City? You would think like I wasn't at the show. That's the funny part. Yeah, so I doubt highly that matches ending that way. <laughs> That's not how it was in that company. I, again, like I said, I haven't seen this. So I'm trying to just, that's why I'm quiet. I'm just listening to what Joey's saying. I'm watching the ref. I'm watching Fonzie. Do you want to go five more minutes, Jerry? Well, you're damn right. I want to go over. There it is. Five more minutes. Five more minutes. <laughs> I love doing this to those back stacks. It's just like hanging out with you guys. Like I'm just watching and wrestling with, wrestling with you guys. Five more minutes. There it is. Do it, Finn. Oh, quick drop kick right in the gut by Jerry. I love it. That's Jerry's style. No wasted motion. Big pile driver coming by Lynn. And Rob, just insane bump taker. Freak. Great shit. See what I mean? They just went right into false finishes aggressively. As soon as the ref and everybody said, okay, five more minutes, let's go. Ding, ding, ding. Ba-ba-ba-ba-boom. Jerry Lynn just comes at you full throttle, man. And Rob sells and bumps from greatly. Great. Great stuff right here. Great storytelling. There's a light Sabu chant. He's, you got to wrestle your boy, though. What's up with that? Now, Fonzie's insane with the steel chair. He throws it to Jerry. I don't know. Wow. Rob with a jump and spin kick. The Van Damme there, my bad. I, I forgot the name because I've been hit in the face so many times with that. Van Daminator, Van Daminator, I should say. 
Now Rob spring, he's, uh, shoots his body up to the top rope. Maybe frog splash. Yep, on an angle. Dude, he used to tell people. I know with me. He'd have to hit that frog splash. Oh, Jay and Rob got the win. There you go. What a match. Great match. He used to tell people on that froggy. He told me. I go, where do you want me to be in the ring? I was dude, don't worry about it. Wherever you are, just not too close. Which way do you want me to? Nah, I don't care. Whatever you're going to do. I'm like, oh, okay. Crazy. So, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this throwback stack. It was a lot of fun uh, doing it. And uh, love you guys for downloading it. Great match by two great wrestlers. Jerry Lynn, Rob Van Dam, ECW Living Danger, 1999. All right, guys, I'm Taz. You're not. Till next time. Adios. I was raised in the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only